my waders are all iced up, my, my sweatshirt's all iced up. I get back to the hotel. My dad's sitting there drinking his coffee. He's like, you do not look like you're having a good day. I go, no, I'm having a great day. Come hell or high water, or even frozen hip waders, the epic fishing adventures must continue. And we've got a great one for you here today on episode 57, brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Jake Doyon, who's coming to us from Beverly, Massachusetts. Jake, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Doing very well, thanks. And um, I believe you are going to be our first guest from Massachusetts on the show, um, which is really exciting. I was just uh, mentioning to you here before the uh, before we started the interview that I've been to Boston a ton of times on uh, on uh, business and see all the waterways and everything up there. And I'm always wondering, man, is there any fish in there? So I think I've found the guy who's going to answer all my questions about that. Um, but before we jump off into the fishing, let's just learn a little bit about you. You know, tell us, um, you know, I, I presume you grew up in that area. You know, tell us about growing up and how you got into fishing there and, and uh, you know, how you got your start. Okay, so I, I, I've lived in Beverly my entire life. Uh, I, was, I was born here and I went to school here my whole life. Um, my, my uncle has a uh, had a vacation house in New Hampshire. Now he lives there full time. Mm-hmm. And um, we we would go up there every year, every summer, for a weekend or two. And when I was about five years old, my uncle and my dad got sick of me, so they plopped me down on the dock with a worm and a bobber and told me to have at it. <laughs> and um, my first fish, I caught a, a small sunfish. And then about right after that, I needed some help casting. So one of them came over casted it out towards a boat and ended up catching a pretty nice sized smallmouth bass. Oh, and, nice. Uh, I was, I could not pick it up and I was shocked. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A smallie uh, to start off your fishing career. That's a pretty scrappy fish. I bet, uh, I bet that made quite an impression. Oh yeah. It was, it was definitely something. It was just one of those things where I mean, I've, I've never been tall, I've never been, you know, the biggest guy ever, but, so when I was five years old, I was this tiny little scrawny thing, <laughs> and to have this, you know, it probably wasn't even, it, it wasn't a monster, like I think of it in my memory, but it was probably about a two or three pound smallmouth bass, and it was just the biggest thing in the entire world, it was, it was unreal to me. Oh yeah, it must have felt like fishing a gi- catching a giant shark, or <laughs> giant musky, yeah. or something like that, at that size, yeah. Oh yeah, it was incredible. It was a lot of fun. So, you know, from there, I just, I kept fishing with my dad. He brought me, we, we got a boat. We ended up trolling on the boat. And, um, you think about, about four years ago, I decided that I, uh, it just, it, I was catching fish with my spinning rod, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't, I didn't get as much. I wasn't, I wasn't as happy when I did it. Cause it was just, you know, every time I go out, I'd get 10, 15 fish and, it was great, and it felt great, but it was one of those things where after a little while, I just needed something a little, a little more challenging. Yeah. So I, 
I went out to Bass Pro Shops with my dad, and I got a, a fly rod, mm-hmm. one of those cheap cheap fly rods, $100 setups. Right. And I, I took that thing down to a fly fishing only pond in New Hampshire. And I butchered every single cast <laughs> for about four hours. Sitting in a kayak, every single cast went all around the water, spooked every fish in the pond. Every single old guy hated me, cursed my name, <laughs> hoped that I would drown. Every single yeah. person in that pond hated me. Yep. And I did that. That was in uh, that was in the fall, and I I almost almost gave it up. I was like, this is this is impossible. I don't know how anyone can do this. But I stuck with it, and then I, I did it all through that spring, summer, and uh, finally I, I made a trip up to up to the, the Salmon River in New York, mm, okay. and we went up there in April for Steelhead, and we had a, a, a guide trip booked, a fly fishing guide booked for one of the days. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, I'd, I, I'd really like to at least get my first fish done before I go out with this guide. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I walked down to the river. At this point, I had bought a three-weight, three-weight rod and reel. And I walked down to the river, and I, I pretty quickly I caught a nice little fall fish. And I was so excited. I took a picture of it. First fish on the fly, I was I was so happy. Mm-hmm. I took a picture, and then I dropped my phone right in the water. <laughs> so I, I went swimming in the Sand River in April Ooh. in about 40-degree water to get my, my phone back and then i walk about half a mile to the uh back to the hotel and uh, it, it was below freezing at this point Ooh. my waders are all iced up my, my sweatshirts all iced up i get back to the hotel my dad's sitting there drinking his coffee he's like you do not look like you're having a good day i go i'm <laughs> having a great day i put my phone down i grab his phone i change my sweatshirt and i go back out and i walk down to this little tributary coming off the river and I'm just looking for little wild trout. Mm-hmm. Just have a little bit of fun with my three weight. Uh, look over, and there's a guy dressed in a full business suit standing on the side of the river, and he uh, he puts the the one finger over his lips to say like "be quiet," and then he holds his hands up in the air to show that there's a big fish, and he points down at the river. So I get all excited and I run over, and I see about a 26 inch steelhead sitting in in some uh, shallow water in this river. Oh man. And I'm thinking to myself, this three-weight is not the rod for this. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. That's not a three-weight fish there. No, and but then I'm thinking to myself, but there's so many other guys fishing this river. If I do the half-mile walk back to the hotel to get my, my spinning rod or to get my six-weight, there's no way this fish is still going to be here. Someone's going to come over and catch it. Someone's going to just snag it, or the fish is just going to swim away. Right. So... I'm a strong believer in the fact that, uh, after this especially, but I'm a strong believer in the fact that the uh, the rod doesn't determine how big the fish you catch. It's all in the fisherman. So mm. I walk down, I'm throwing cast at this fish. It is not interested. Finally, I toss on a, uh, a very small egg-sucking leech with a heavy yellow head. And I ended up hooking him. And thankfully, he didn't have too much fight in him. Mm-hmm. But he had me. He had me running around a little bit. I had to run under some trees, put oh, my rod under a couple of logs. Finally, ended up landing him, and it was just the absolute craziest thing in the world. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, I've been hooked on fly fishing. I haven't looked back. Oh no! And and you said that was your second fish you caught? 
On fly? That was the second fish on the fly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You started out uh, epic, and uh, <laughs> it's hard hard to go up from there. That's a that's very pretty amazing catch. Wow. So, obviously, yeah, I can definitely see how you got hooked on fly fishing. But uh, you've taken that passion uh, for fly fishing and just fishing in general and, and have turned that into a, into a guide service, right? Yeah, so... Basically, it's kind of a really funny story about how it happened. But um, a couple of years back, I was out on, on the boat with my dad, and I was trolling, and I caught a yellow perch that was 18 and a half inches long. Mm-hmm. And just absolute, I don't know if, you know, maybe you don't know too much about yellow perch, maybe you do, but the state record in New Hampshire is only 16 inches. Wow. And I yeah. caught it, and I, I, was, I was so happy and taking pictures with it. It's heavier. I didn't know the state record at the time, so I'm taking pictures. I ended up putting it back in the water. And then we're driving away, driving back to the to the dock, and I pull up the state record on my phone, and I realized that <laughs> mine was larger than the state record. Oh, my goodness. But I released it. Yeah. But I released it, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get any recognition. Uh, I did realize that New Hampshire had a trophy fish program. I entered into that, and I, I got a, a, a certificate and a, a shoulder patch, which oh, was very really nice. cool. Yeah. Well, and you and you still got the satisfaction of releasing that fish. Oh, I mean, so I know at least now its genes are back in the in the lake, and it's, it's bigger at this point. Right, right. But, uh, wow. So I posted the picture on my Instagram, and uh, a kid from my school who I heard a lot about. Everyone knows that I love fishing, and everyone will always tell me, "Man, you really got to talk to this kid, Sam. He's a year ahead of you. He loves fishing." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure we'll meet at some point." Mm-hmm. And he ended up commenting on my on my yellow perch saying like wow that thing is absolutely massive and we talked in the comment section of my post for about a day before we moved it over to uh private messaging on instagram we talked mm-hmm. there for a little while we met went fishing everyone uh, like one or two times got each other's phone numbers and just grew from there we both really wanted wanted to get into fly fishing mm-hmm. and it was it was right around the same time we just we we were able to make the jump together and kind of learn together. And I mean, I, I eventually we both have realized that, you know, we have this passion for fly fishing and there's a ton of other people out there who, who would love to try it, would love to get into it and just don't know where to start. Yeah. Don't know, you know, the basics, something like that. And a lot of people don't have two years to teach themselves to fly fish. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they want to just, they want to learn, you know, Look at my dad. My, I learned how to fly fish with my dad. He doesn't have the time that I have to, to gain on the water experience. So when he has the chance to go with a guide and get his skills touched up, get it or or progress himself as a fisherman, mm-hmm. he takes that chance. So we uh, we started Northeast Guide Service, Sam and I, and uh, it's been it's been awesome. It's, it's been incredible. How cool! So so that's one of the things you guys really like to do is to teach anglers how to fly fish then is that that right yeah we we love to teach people we love to i mean we we welcome people of all skill levels and ages mm-hmm. but one of the things that i feel is the most rewarding because i i i can remember you know my first fish on the fly and my first fish and that that feeling of just i did it yes and i love to give that to other people i love to um love to have someone for instance i had a uh a young kid who wanted to learn how to, who wanted to catch his first trout. 
So I took him out to a, a river of um, central mass, and he, he really wanted to catch a trout. And it was, mm-hmm. that was his thing. So I'm like, okay, let's go out here. And I had this little spot, this little um, kind of inlet, not inlet, but this little gully kind of thing off the river that just kind of cut out. And I know that there are always a bunch of little brick trout sitting in that. And first five casts, about five brick trout. It's like, <laughs> like, this is the coolest thing in the world. And uh, now I'm like, all right, now let's go get you some big trout. And he mm-hmm. goes, that'd be incredible. So we walked down the river a little bit to this tree. And I look in the water, and there's this, this trophy brook trout. Which this river is well-known. It's the Swift River. It's well, well-known for having a lot of rainbows, a lot of browns, and a lot of brook trout. And there aren't a ton of giant, giant brook trout, but there are giant ones in there. And I saw it out there. We're changing flies, changing tactics. And uh, he ended up hooking it and landing it, and it was just the craziest thing ever. It was such a great day. He was so happy. He was psyched. And then he said, I, I love the brick trout. He goes, try, you know, let's try and get a rainbow trout. We go, all right. So I, right where he was standing, he didn't move. I tied on a uh, strike indicator. And he, he threw, he was fishing on, he was fishing a nymph. And he cast it out into the middle of the river. Floated it right down. Boom, cooked his rainbow trout. And it was wow. all in the span of about, about an hour. Where he caught <laughs> his first trout his first trophy trail and his first rainbow all that hour. And this kid, he was so psyched. And it was the, the most awesome, the most awesome thing to have that kid feel, you know, what I imagined that I, I felt. It was, it was awesome. Right. Well, you set the bar high on the, on the first trip. It's going to be hard to top that one. If he uh, comes back to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I told him I'm going to have to get him out for strife bass next time. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that a little bit. Man, as I look at your Instagram and all the different pictures you guys have, you do all kinds of stuff. I mean, so we've been talking about the the trout fishing, but then, yeah, I mean, you, I see striped bass, uh, catfish. Uh, looks like you do ice fishing, carp fishing. Um, it, wow. It's quite a list of stuff you guys do. So what's what's really nice about about doing this with a, with a fishing partner with Sam is that we all have a, we each have our own set of skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really into fly fishing. That is my my big thing. I the only time I'll ever fish conventional rods is when I troll on the boat with my dad. Mm-hmm. And it's not you know I don't have any anything against conventional fishing. It's just that's what I love. That's what I do. And I, I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. But see Sam he. He doesn't get himself locked into any any particular way of fishing, mm-hmm. and his focus is more on the uh, spin fishing, ice fishing part of it. Okay. So if someone were to call up and say, "Hey, I'd really like to do a fly fishing trip for trout for stripers," usually I would I would take on that. But if they want to do a spin fishing for maybe carp or catfish or pike, that's where he would go. And what's awesome is that Sam has Sam has a, a a lot of a different skill set. He is really, really big into carp fishing. Yeah. Carp, carp on the fly is definitely one of the coolest things to do because you're fishing in this urban area in Boston or in Lowell or you're fishing there and there's people running all around you <laughs> and you have all these people walking around yeah. and um, they're all looking at you like, like you have five heads. <laughs> right. Standing there, you've got your sling pack you've got your fly rod and you're fishing at this river 
this ditch in the middle of Boston Commons. Yeah. Or these carp that can get up to 30 pounds. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they're like, what are you fishing for? And you're like, carp. You're like, oh, you'll never catch one. And they <laughs> sit on the bench and they watch you catch four of them. Right. And and it's just, it's the most incredible thing. So he, he loves the carp. And I, I, I love trout. I love stripers. Sam is, he's an incredible ice fisherman. And he's able to show that. And what's really great is that we're able to add so many different pieces, so many different uh, focuses to our, our list of things because we have, you know, I'm, I really am big into stripers on the fly, trout mm-hmm. on the fly, stuff like that, carp on the fly. And Sam is great with all of the fish on, on spin gear. He's great with ice fishing and he's great on the fly too. And mm-hmm. it's, it's great because we can run so many different, we can run such a different array of trips. Right. Yeah. It, it's and- awesome. And not only take advantage of all of the different uh, waters you have up there, you know, from salt to fresh and, you know, inshore to in city, but also the the pretty wild season swings you get. I mean, if all you were doing was fly fishing, oh, yeah. you'd have a pretty limited uh, window for, for fishing up there then. Absolutely. We, um, New England is definitely, uh, she's, she's crazy. <laughs> it's we, a um, challenging place to fish, I would guess. It is, absolutely. But what's awesome about New England is that there's so many different things to do as far as fishing goes. Where I'm centered in Massachusetts, it's great because I can take a five-minute drive to a small tidal river in Beverly mm-hmm. and catch a bunch of little, little bunch of little stripers. Or I can take an hour-and-a-half drive south to Cape Cod and catch a bunch of big stripers. Mm-hmm. Or I can drive two hours to New Hampshire, and I can catch a bunch of trout. I can drive three hours to Maine, and I can catch sea-run brown trout or sea-run brook trout. You know, I can drive three hours out west and catch giant trout. Where I am, within a, a three-hour drive of my house in Beverly, I can catch trophy brown trout, carp, stripers, sea-run brook trout, sea-run brown trout, bluefish, all of those different things. And it's great. It's great to be in this area. And right. like you said, even in, even in the winter, we have opportunities. Like I mentioned, the Swift River. So the Swift River is a it's a bottom release dam coming from the Quabbin Reservoir, and it's a seventy. It's, it's the water is released seventy feet down in the Quabbin, so the water temperature stays between thirty four and fifty four year round. Okay, so it never freezes over. The fish are always there, and it's great. The um, the uh, the kid I, I was telling you about earlier. When I when I took him out, I think that was I think that was December when he caught those fish. Wow! And they were they were that hungry in that cold and water. They were that huh? hungry. Wow! It's 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 crazy. And what's weird about that river? Sorry to go off on a on a tangent, but what's weird about that river is that since the water is is always so strange, there are always usually there there are fish that are trying to spawn, regardless of when you go. Oh, um, so how about the, that? The only the only ones that actually can spawn are the brook trout and some of the brown trout. But the rainbow trout are really funny because uh, a lot of times with rainbow trout, especially they look for the water temperatures to mm-hmm. dictate when they want to spawn. So I'll go there in the fall and I'll see fish. I'll see rainbow trout chasing each other around, trying to build reds. I'll go there in July and I'll see the same thing. Wow. And it's, it's really funny to see these fish 
because they are just so confused and have no <laughs> clue what's going on. I bet some anglers who uh, aren't familiar with the area might be confused too if they see that. <laughs> oh, I imagine. I imagine it can be it's, it can be a very confusing river for people who don't know. Wow. Well, wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, so down here in Florida, we don't we don't have that. I mean, they the fish bed at certain times of the year. You know, it may push back a couple of weeks one way or the other, but you know, things things happen on a schedule, and uh, yeah, and that's that's a pretty wild uh, quirk there. You know, because I I guess and you say that's because it's a, a it's a dam controlled river. Yeah, so it's because it's a, a bottom release dam. The mm, water, right. that 70 foot water in, in this reservoir is always going to be about that same temperature. And because it's a right. reservoir, the water is gin clear. I mean, yep. it's like someone just took a tap water or a hose and filled up this river. It's, it's incredible. You can see everything. Yeah. And that's one thing I've noticed kind of driving around Boston over the years and, you know, out in the, the suburbs, if you will, out away from the city is some of those, uh, uh, dams and things and uh yeah just some beautiful clear water i've noticed like you're talking about yeah it's 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 really it's really awesome it really is mm -hmm. it's a great great area to fish and be in right well man how cool and um i've just from our talking here uh so far i've already learned a lot about the area and um you know just from things i've seen over the years being up there um and all my questions i've had about what's it like to fish there man that's uh that's really cool to hear but when we uh get back here we're going to talk about another epic story uh that you have from fishing up there we've already heard a couple but um i'm looking forward to hearing the next one so everybody hang tight and we'll be right back if you park your boat on an incline you have to be careful to make sure it stays where you drop it a wheel ring chalk for wheeled trailer jacks is a big help. They're inexpensive and they make sure that the wheel stays on a block if you elevate the jack. I use it with my boat all the time. And if you want to check it out, go to tell.fish slash gear in your browser. We have a link to it there. Okay, we are back with Jake Doyon and we've been talking about some uh, really awesome fishing up there in Massachusetts. I mean, from salt to fresh and uh, top to bottom, you know, all kinds of different things they do. Uh, really neat stuff. And uh, we've heard a couple uh, good stories already. So I'm uh, intrigued to hear uh, what you might consider your most epic day of fishing. So to, to give you this, I want to give you a little bit of background. Uh -huh. um, Sam Stavis, he works at a fly shop. Cape Fish, which mm -hmm. is in uh, Hamilton, South Hamilton, and um, this is this is great because he's able to talk to a lot of people and start to worry a little bit yeah. about the guide service. And at one point, a, a kid named Max, he was about our age. He, he's a senior in high school. He he came into the shop. He's from Wisconsin. He came in came into the shop because he was there on a week. But they're they're on vacation for the weekend. He went to the shop owner and said, "Hey, man, I'd really love to catch a, a striper." Mm -hmm. So he's like, "What? Well, you know? Do you do you know anyone who can help me out? Do you know a guy?" The the guy who owns Kfish, Matty. He goes, "Yeah, absolutely." And he gave us he gave Matt our number. Matt gave us a Max gave sorry Max gave us a call, and we set something up. So that night we went out to a place 
where I know that there was a ton of fish the night before because the night before we were just crushing, killing it. Mm-hmm. 30 fish or something like that. We'll go out that day and we get there, rig all max, rig max all up, waders, everything. He's a really tall kid, so he didn't need the waders that went up too high. He could wade out pretty far anyways. Mm-hmm. And, now, uh, now you are, we're, we're ocean fishing here. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we okay. were fishing out in a, an Ipswich. Okay. And, um, by a, by the Ipswich and Parker rivers. And okay. we get out there, we hike over to the, the beach over where we want to fish. We're throwing casts and it's really slow. He, he ends up, he gets one fish and we fish for a very long time to get that one fish. We get back to the car and I was with Sam. It was one of our really early guide trips. Mm-hmm. And Mexico's, all right, I'm going to go right over to the car, put my stuff back, grab you guys the money, we'll work it all out. I go, all right. So Max walked over to the car and I go to Sam. I'm like, Sam, there's no way we can charge this kid for this, for this full trip. I'm like, this is just not right. Like, I don't know what happened. He threw all the right casts and the fish just were not in like they were this past week. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know. He goes, I know. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you know what? I, I think I can handle it. So Max comes back. He goes, how much do I owe? So I told him what it would normally be for the, I think we did six hours fishing all the way into the dark, which was actually, it was, it's an awesome trip. It was such a great sport about it too. You know, normally I, I just, normally, it just be like, all right, it, it is what it is. I'll give you a small discount. Mm-hmm. But he was such a great sport about it. It was such a memorable night. We actually had a deer walk up to the beach and then into the water where we were fishing at Pitch Black <laughs> wow. and sniff around our waders. It was, it was unreal. Oh, man. And so he, he gets back to the car, comes over to us, he goes, how much do I owe you? And I'm like, so, you know, normally for the six-hour trip, it'd be this, but I'm going to knock $100 off and then... I'm going to take you out fishing on Saturday, this Saturday for free. Just come out with us, meet you, meet us at this other spot, and we'll fish. And he goes, you really don't have to do that. He goes, I had a wicked fun trip. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, nah, that's what we're doing. So he goes, okay. So the next Saturday rolls around. We get out to this spot. We'll hike down to this spot. And we get out there, and it is just on fire. He's getting a fish every cast, and he is having the, the time of his life. He loves it. So... <laughs> gets to a point when he looks over at us, he's probably got about 15 fish in, the, in, the, in these like two hours. He looks over to us and he's like, look, I'm not paying for this trip. You guys each have spare rods in case one of mine broke. So take him up and start fishing with me. And I was first, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And he's like, all right, well, if you're not going to fish, then I'm done fishing. He says to reel up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I, I grab my <laughs> rod, we're fishing. And we're all catching fish. We're all having a great time. And I realized it, it slowed down a little bit. So I look over and I'm like, so what do you want to do? You want to, you want to move? You want to fish here for a little bit more? And he goes, oh, we'll fish here for a little bit more. There's another cat, hooks a fish. He goes, oh, there it is. And I look over and I'm like, oh, there you go. So I, you know, I reel up, about to go walk over, help him out. Most of the fish we're catching, they weren't massive. They're little schoolies, but they put a huge bend. They put a great bend into an eight weight. They fight wicked hard for their size. And it's a lot of fun. I look over and when he hooks this fish, I see a boil about the size of a small child. And Max just freaks out. He does not know what to do. The fish takes off running. The line that was in his hand rips out of his hand, hits the rod. The rod tries to come out of his hand. The reel is screaming. <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to fight this fish. So he goes to grab the reel. I don't, I don't, don't grab the reel. Don't grab the reel. He goes, I just need the fish to stop. I, I run over. I grab his hand. I pull it off the reel. I'm like, don't touch the reel. If you touch the reel, you're going to lose the fish. Mm-hmm. So he's, 
He's like, all right. He goes, I don't know what to do. He's freaking out. And, it's, and we're all freaking out because we know that he's freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> we have this fish deep, deep, deep into his backing. Oh, yeah. Really deep into his backing. And um, we're sitting there. We're just watching him fight it. So he gets it in. He gets back to his fly line. We can see the fish. It's a really nice fish. Takes off running again, deep into his backing. Gets back in, back into his backing. Made three hard backing runs before we were trying to start, start, finally starting to subdue this fish. We get it in, get it into the shallow water. And I, I reach my hand down really quick and I grab its tail and I pull out. I, I custom designed the fly the night before. Pull out the fly, toss it over, and I'm looking at this fish. And it was it's about 30 inches, 31 inches of striped bass, which is a, a really nice fish for a fly. Oh, yeah. Run. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I hand it over to Max, and he is just shocked. We actually have a picture <laughs> on our Instagram. I'll, I'll repost it. And um, he is shocked, and he he was so happy. And it was just it was the greatest thing to be able to, because I knew that the, the triple four, just it just did not show the fishery to what right. it was. And I felt so bad. So I was psyched that I was able to show him how great of a fishery we actually have in these rivers. Yeah. Get into these fish, and he was just, he was so happy. I mean, that fish gave up such a great fight. And, uh, and, and it was, it swam away just fine on the release, too. It was, it was perfect. Wow. Like, if we ended the day with, if we ended the day with about 25 fish for max, I think Sam and I each caught about 10. Wow. And, and that Absolutely giant kicker insane. on top. How yeah, about and, that? And that giant 31 incher. Just incredible. Yeah. So, so you did it backwards this time. The, the, First trip was was the dud, and then the second one was where you set the bar incredibly high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I guess goodness. You could say that. Yeah. Wow. How about that? I, I I guess you could say that's uh that that's the ultimate in good karma right there. You know where yeah you you gave him a a second shot, and boy did it come around and pay off. How awesome is that? Absolutely, man. It was just it was so happy to. to because the, the time before when we were walking off the, the beach, I just I just felt so crappy. I, was, I felt so bad because I'm, I'm going to have to make this kid pay for this. And this just did not didn't turn out well at all. But to walk off the beach after that, and, we, you know, we're all joking around. I mean, he, he was a great sport before, too. But he, mm-hmm. was even, he was an even better sport when he was catching fish, let me tell you. And it was just great. It was it was very rewarding to see that. Yeah, how, to be able to to show off the fishery like you were saying to really show him what it's capable of and, and what's there. Um, wow. Absolutely. So now was this, was this uh, night fishing or, or is it before, before dark? So the first time that we went, we met at, I don't remember the exact time that we met, but we met, I think probably about three or four hours before sunset and mm-hmm. we fished for six hours. Okay. So we fished into into night. And then the second time, I wanted to switch it up, so we went to a different spot and we fished uh, sunrise into about noon. We fished for a long time the mm-hmm. second day because it just got to one of those points where the fishing was so good the whole day that I didn't want to make him leave. I'm like, I'm I'm not leaving with the fishing this good. Right. So I pushed back my <laughs> other plans and we just stayed. We stayed for a long time. It was it was awesome. Man. And so now do you switch up flies and what you're doing depending on whether it's, you know, dark or light or, you know, what time of day it is? Uh, yeah. So I, I do a little bit of that. So at, at nighttime, especially 
the fish like dark flies. And you might think to yourself, man, that's kind of weird because you think nighttime you want to fish a prey fly. Yeah. But when striped bass are looking at a fly, they're looking, or when any fish, to be honest with you, it's looking at something at night, it's looking up. Right. And if it's a bright fly against a, you know, against the moon or something like that, like if you're fishing a white fly against the the nighttime sky with the moon and with the reflection from the water, they're not going to see it as well as mm. if it's a dark fly and they're able to look up at something like a silhouette. So right. at night, a lot of times we'll fish purple, black, colors like that, whereas during the day it's, it's chartreuse and it's white almost exclusively chartreuse and white. Right. A little bit of olive mixed in there sometimes, but chartreuse and white, those are the two colors. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little counterintuitive, isn't it? You know, when it's uh, yeah. light, you would think you'd want dark, but uh, yeah, it's it's not always that way. So, wow. Well, Jake, man, some crazy good stories there. And uh, just kind of, a, it sounds like you've really got a hidden gem uh, for for fishing up there of all different varieties and um, you know species and ways to catch them, uh, it sounds like you've really got it going on there. Yeah, if I could say one thing to uh, the people listening, I, I'd say you know, don't knock New England. Everyone thinks you got to go out west or you got to go down south to catch these big fish that fight hard. But I mean, we get we have salt flat fishing like what you'd see down in the Keys. We have flats fishing for striped bass here in Massachusetts and Cape Cod. And, you know, we can go out on on these on these salt flats. We can sight fish for these drapers and throw you know, crab patterns and all this different stuff. You don't, you know, you don't need to draw a ton of money on a trip to the Keys or, or a trip out to western, you know, the United States, Montana, or something like that to get nice trout. New yeah. England has great fishing and it's it's largely undiscovered a lot of people don't know about it right no well hey i'm a florida boy and i'm i'm ready to hop on a plane and come up and see you right now so uh <laughs> <laughs> more than welcome to oh man well yeah some some great fishing and it sounds like you've got it dialed in and and jake and i'm just uh uh so thankful you came on and shared those stories with us and and told us a little bit about that fishery thanks so much man no problem. Thank you for having me on. Here at the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, we are looking to record the most epic fishing stories from around the planet. If you are listening to us from outside the U.S., we would love to have you share an epic fishing adventure from your country. Go to www.tell.fish guest to sign up to be on the show today. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.